So today what I wanted to do is I wanted to share one of the most magical moments I've ever had in my life. Mm. And, and I said in the swimming episode a few episodes back that there are about five moments in anyone's life that truly define who they are. Mm. This is one of them. Okay. Today's story is about me attending the Nebworth Festival. Mm. And just to let people know what it was, the Nebworth Festival occurred Saturday, June 30, 1990, in Nebworth, England, which was an hour or so outside of London in an enormous field. Mm. For those so, of you who so was, it class, England, was it England's version of Woodstock? Uh, yeah, it was. It was for the Silver Clef Awards, which is uh, an award that, that England gives out to great musicians every year. Mm. But let me just share the lineup, because it was pretty tremendous. It was... Pink Floyd, Paul McCartney, Eric Clapton, Elton John, a Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, Led Zeppelin reunion. Oh, man. Phil, it was incredible. Phil Collins, Genesis, Tears for Fears, Cliff Richard, The Shadows, and Status Quo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? It was 12 hours of amazement. But here's the best part. The concert wasn't even the most magical part of the story. Wow, okay. So I was on college radio at Ryder College in New Jersey in the late 80s. It was WRRC. Back then it was 88.5 FM. I think they've moved up on the dial. <laughs> I think they're, they're 107.5 FM now. So on June 27, 1989, a year earlier, mm. I attended... The Who performing their rock opera Tommy at the Radio City Music Hall in New York City. That's cool. So after I got back from the concert, I got on the radio and I said, you know what? I will never see a concert as great as The Who performing Tommy. And somebody called into my show on the radio and they said, hey, kid, hey, Hamad, there's a better concert next June in London. Or outside of London. Mm. But then what I did is I tried to get tickets. Everything was sold out. Then I found a company that sold. You know how people win trips off the radio station? Yeah, yeah. I found the company that sells trips to the radio stations. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. And they had decided to open up the opportunity for people to buy the trip that other people were winning. Okay. So here's the point. When I, the trip was $2,000. So what I did is I called American Express, and I said, so the most I've ever spent on your card is $170, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to do to get you to approve a $2,000 charge, right? Yeah. And the lady's like, well, why? And I said, I really want to go to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> She thought about it, and I had to convince her, but then she said, she goes, you know, we do have a portion of Amex called sign and travel, which means you don't have to pay it within 30 days, like in most cases with American Express. Yeah, yeah. You, we can bill it as a travel charge, and you can make payments on it. No kidding. So I was in. But he, here's what happened. I go to London. I'm thrilled. It was a nine-day trip, an eight- or nine-day trip. I was just so blown away happy that I was going to be able to do this. So I get to London. As, as you can expect, most people that won the trip got to take a friend. Right. So, 
most people were already paired up. So even the people that bought the trip, most people were paired up. There was only a handful of people that were single people that bought the trip. Does mm. that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. So when I got there, I was this 22-year-old kid, and I get to my room, and there's a man in my, in my room. I knew I was going to have a roommate, right? But yeah. I didn't know who. Right. There's a man in my room, and I looked at him, and I said, Hi, I'm Hamad. He goes, Hey, kid, I'm Gary. How old are you? And I said, I'm 22. And he goes, Hamad, I'm 45, and I have AIDS. Whew. Yeah, and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, yeah, you know the thing that you've been reading about? I have it. So Gary told me, and just to give you guys a reference, Magic Johnson didn't come out with having HIV until 91. Yeah, exactly. So, so this was really like taboo, if you will, to, to even come out and admit you have AIDS. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So Gary told me he had AIDS, and he said, if it bothers you, you can request another roommate. And I said, no, man, it doesn't bother me at all, at all. I'm totally fine with it. You didn't even have to tell me. Then Gary told me the one thing that changed my life at that moment. Mm. You, know what it was? you know what it was? No. He said, when I found out I had AIDS, I took a second mortgage on my home, and I'm taking one trip every month until I die. Right? Mm. And he goes, find the things you really want to do in your life and do them. Because you're only 22. Your life could end at any second. Mm. And what do you really want to do? And so I said, well, a couple things. I've always wanted to go to UCLA film school. And, and Gary chuckled and he's like, you know what? I live in Riverside, California. Where do you live? And I said, well, I live in New Jersey. And he's like, what are you doing in Jersey? You're, you seem like a Californian, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I told him, I said, you don't, you don't know, man. I've wanted to live in Los Angeles since kindergarten. And he literally put his hands on my shoulders. And he's like, I know we just met 20 minutes ago, but I got to tell you, kid, you got to do it. You got to drop everything and go to California. If you want to go to UCLA film school, if you want to live in California, if you don't do it when you're young, you will never, ever do it. Mm. Right? Mm. That triggered, Jonathan, me spending the next eight or nine days with Gary. We walked, you know, the famous Abbey Road crosswalk of Beatles fame. Nice. We, we went to the concert together. I remember he was a real bulky, fit guy. And, you know, I'm small. Right? <laughs> so, so I remember during the Paul McCartney set, he actually put me on his shoulders and muscled us to the third row. No cannon. It was, like, unbelievable. I mean, I, was, I had tears down my, my, my face the whole time. Because I was like, this, is, I will, this just blew me away. Yeah. That I could be in this moment, right? Yeah. And so at the end of the trip, I remember at, at JFK Airport, Gary told me, he goes, listen, you'll never see me again. I probably won't be alive. But promise me, you're going to chase your dreams, right? Yeah. And, and you know me, I was a kid. I was like, ah, I'll see you again, man. We'll keep in touch. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, we didn't. 
And and I don't know if he's living or not. I'm assuming he's probably not because he he had full blown AIDS. Yeah, and at that time the medicine and stuff wasn't you know wasn't there yet. So yeah, it wasn't very good. So yeah. I went and told my dad and mom. I said, you know what? I want to go to California. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm serious. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go to UCLA Film School. I want to, like, do all these things I wanted to do. I want to go to the Super Bowl. And they're like, we thought you got it out of your system. You just went to this crazy concert. Now you want to leave New Jersey? So I just said, look, I'm going. And I'm happy to report. And I landed on July 3rd back from the concert. Yeah. And by August 20 of the same year, like six and a half weeks later, I was a California resident. No kidding. You know, I just dropped everything and said, this is something I have to do. You know? So you, I mean, so you dropped out of college in Jersey and just left then, right? But actually, to be honest with you, because there's another wrinkle to this whole story, but to be honest with you, I was at Ryder College on a scholarship, and mm. then my scholarship failed to pay my tuition. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny that this, this adds another wrinkle to the story, but if people listen to this podcast, they'll know I'm a pretty open person. I don't hold anything back. So I still remember being on the radio at Ryder. Yeah. Having the Bursar's office call me and say, we need to see you as soon as you get done. So I went to the Bursar's office, and I'm like, yeah, what's the problem? And they go, you know what? The foundation that's supposed to be paying your, your tuition, it hasn't paid in a year. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, you're kidding. And they go, nope. So, you know, unless, unless you have $40,000 to give us, <laughs> you're no longer a student at Ryder College. Man, that, that, that is so insane. Like, that, there's yet another reason to leave. You know, like, that, that sort of sealed the deal right there. And, you know, and I guess to be honest with you, you, you know the only job I could get when um, I was no longer a student at Ryder? Mm. Great Adventure, which is a theme park, a Six Flags oh, theme park. Oh, man, I love, I, I used to go to that, um, uh, oh, no, wait, sorry, sorry. The, I'm, I'm picturing one called Great Escape, which is in Lake George, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the Great Adventure is in Jackson, New Jersey. Okay. And, the first job I got at Great Adventure during the semester that I was no longer a college student mm. was a change belt guy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was there. I was a change belt guy. I worked at the Mad Hatter, which is a hat store. Yeah. And then I did the special effects for the U.S. high diving show, the dolphin show, and some of the concerts. <laughs> and it was that semester that I realized how important college was. <laughs> like, my God, being a college student is way better than doing this, right? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with those jobs. For the, those people that have those jobs, it was a great company. I had a great experience there. But for me, it just made me take my education more seriously. Yeah. So, so then when you, when you made it over to, to California, how long was it until you made it into UCLA? Well, when I made it to California, I applied to Cal State Northridge, which is where I finished my undergraduate degree. Okay. And then I went to UCLA for graduate school three years later. Awesome. You know, but I will wrap up this part of the story with one thing. One thing I always remembered about Gary is that he always said I'd remember June 30th, right? Mm, mm, yeah. Kept saying it. So, and that concert was June 30th. 1990. So 
What happened on June 30, 21 years later? 2011, June? June 30, 2011, my twin daughters, Lena and Zoe, were born. Ha! No kidding. When they were born on June 30, at the hospital, as I'm cutting their umbilical cords, as I'm, you know, saying happy birthday to them and holding my daughters for the first time. Yeah. I'm thinking in my head, thank God they're healthy, you know, and my God, Gary was right. Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty awesome. It was really weird because I haven't even thought, again, like the Julian Lennon story prior, I hadn't thought of Gary in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Right? It was out of sight, out of mind. And then the two most precious things in my planet, you know, Zoe and Lena, they were born on the day that Gary told me I'd never forget. Man, that, that is awesome. Yeah, it's funny how you can meet those, like, pivotal people in your life, and even, even though you only knew him for, like, those eight or nine days, like, like you said, he's one of those top five kind of situations in your life that really shaped and molded you in, into who you are. And it's, it's funny how people like that ne- probably never realized the impact they had. 